Hi, and thanks for listening to the Belated Binge Podcast. We're currently between seasons, and I've decided to share some of my favorite bonus episodes nobody's gotten to hear yet. These were posted throughout Season 1 on Patreon for a level that nobody signed up for, so I'm sharing a few here while I take a few weeks off ahead of our binge of Chamber of Secrets. If you like these, there are still many more available on Patreon, and the backlog is still a patrons-only benefit. I'm also making a ton of updates to Patreon benefits for Season 2. This bonus episode came early on in the first book, and I discussed how Dumbledore knew to invoke the blood protection charm on the Dursleys to protect Harry until his 17th birthday, as long as he could call it home. The Belated Binge Podcast. Hi, and welcome to Theory Corner of the Belated Binge Podcast. If you're listening to this, it means that you become a patron. So first, let me say thank you for your support. This podcast couldn't happen without you. And for that, we here at Belated Binge are incredibly grateful. In this section of bonus content, we explore theories associated with the binge that we're doing. These might be popular fan theories from back in the day. They could be new ones making the rounds or... They could be original thoughts that are birthed right here on Belated Binge. And today, we're digging into another one of those. I've not heard anybody talk about this, so I'm pretty sure that this is the only place that you can hear this particular idea. We're calling it, How Did He Know? While we don't learn about it until much later in the story, upon a reread, we know all the way back in Chapter 1, that what Dumbledore is actually doing by leaving Harry on the Dursley's doorstep is invoking some sort of ancient love blood magic that's empowered by Lily's sacrifice. As you know, when old Voldy came knocking at the Potters, he took out James first, and Lily threw herself in front of Harry in a self-sacrificial attempt to save her son. This sacrifice triggered some ancient love magic that protected Harry from Voldemort's killing curse and caused it to rebound against himself. Had he not had a or multiple horcruxes, it would have killed him. But, of course, he just disappeared into the ether of sorts, uh, somehow holding on to his wand... That might be a theory corner for another day. But this ancient love magic charm is somehow harnessed by Dumbledore and placed onto Harry. It's used to continue this protection from Voldemort as long as his blothers, or his, his blothers, his mother's blood lives on in the place that Harry can go home with Petunia at the Dursleys. We talked about this a lot in our first chapter episode, and I'm not 100% sure how this particular charm works, particularly from the perspective of what Dumbledore had to do in order to make it last the way that it did. There had to have been something. In book five, he says he placed the charm on Harry. And in book six, he, you know, talks about how Harry has to continue, I think it was book six. I know he talked about it in book six with the Dursleys, but I think he also told Harry about it at the end of book five. Regardless, these are semantics and we're not that far along in our reread anyways, so it's not that fresh in my head. But regardless, he confirms that Harry has to keep going back to the Dursleys at least every summer and have to be able to call that house home where his aunt lives 
where Lily's blood runs through her veins in order to continue this ancient protection. And it also plays a role in Voldemort using Harry's blood to come back and get a body and uh, Dumbledore's, you know, gleam of triumph and all of that. We know that all of those are things. What isn't totally clear is exactly what Dumbledore had to do in order to make it work the way that it worked. What also isn't clear, how did he know to do it at all? And by that, I mean, how did he know about Lily's sacrifice in the first place? The book never mentions him at the scene, at the Potter's. So how could he know that she actually stood between Voldemort and Harry? Is he just assuming that she died willingly? If he was never there, how's he know this thing's going to work? How's he know that it's going to actually be triggered? This seems like it could be a pretty significant pothole. Pothole? Plot hole. Uh, Imagine if he was wrong. What if Lily actually died running away to save herself? I know that's a blasphemous idea for those who love this series, and I'm only saying it because we wouldn't know. We weren't there. Neither was he. So how did he know? The book makes it seem like Hagrid discovered Harry, quote, got him out all right before the muggles could start swarming around. Paraphrase quote, but you get the point. He ran into Sirius Black outside, took the motorcycle, and Sirius went after Pettigrew. That's how the events are laid out for us in chapter one of the book. But some things just don't align. Some things don't make sense to me. How did Hagrid know to go over there in the first place? Was he just, you know, coming to visit, bringing an old rock cake, and he happened to find a completely destroyed house and a baby crying in a crib? I don't buy it. So let's see if we can piece together something that makes, you know, any sense at all. We know that the house was protected by a Fidelius charm, which seems to be some sort of Dumbledore specialty. I'm not saying that he invented the spell or the charm. Charm, I guess. There is a difference between spells and charms. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. But he's at least using it recurringly in the series and also alluding to using it recurrently in the series. I think this is what he meant at the end of book six when he was offering to hide Draco and his family. I think he was talking about a Fidelius charm. We know that there was one on Grimmauld Place. We know that there was one on the Potters. There's probably another one that's you're screaming at your phone or your laptop or your car speakers or wherever you're listening to this from that I'm forgetting in this very moment. But the point is, Dumbledore's got a thing for the Fidelius charm, and why not? It works as long as, you know, the secret keeper doesn't betray the people inside of the Fidelius charm. So with this, I'm thinking that... While he wasn't the secret keeper for the Potters, he probably had something to do with placing the charm in order to make it as strong as possible. He at least assisted in it as much as the magic would allow. I don't know if he was able to place the charm and then the Potters were able to pick their secret keeper, or if they had to, you know, they and Peter Pettigrew had to be 
involved in placing the charm and Dumbledore was just able to assist in some way. What we do know is that he doesn't know that Pettigrew was the secret keeper. If he did, then he would have known that Sirius Black was innocent all the way back then. Again, another rabbit hole, but what if he did place the charm? Let's just throw it out there. He placed the charm or he was heavily involved in placing the charm. What if part of the magic of the Fidelius charm works kind of like a security system on a muggle house in that the person who places the charm knows when it's been broken, almost like an alert? What if he was actually first on the scene? He could have been there perhaps right away. Maybe the charm is broken, he senses it or is alerted in some magical way, he disapparates, ends up right there at the house, and he's there right after the murders. That could have actually happened. And from there, he could have summoned Hagrid, instructed him to take Harry away while he made preparations for the blood protection. While he wouldn't have told Hagrid that part, I'm sure that Hagrid would have been more than happy to help by taking Harry the hell out of there. And Dumbledore apparates as soon as Hagrid gets there, which is why he follows up on whether there were any problems in Chapter 1. Also why he wasn't there when Sirius Black got there. The two of them didn't interact. And why it still stands up that he could think that Sirius Black was guilty all those years later. If he was first on the scene, then it does help explain his level of understanding of what happened, particularly that Lily sacrificed herself for Harry. But how? Would it just be presumed in the way that her body was displayed on the floor in front of the crib that she sacrificed herself? How would he know that she didn't try to defend herself? Because According to later in Deathly Hallows, when, uh, or ha- did I say Hallows? Hallows, uh, when Harry doesn't defend himself in the woods, that's what somehow invokes at least some sort of protection over the rest of the people back at Hogwarts against Voldemort's attacks later on. It was him self sacrificing because he didn't try to defend himself. So that apparently has to play a role somehow. How does Albus know that she didn't do that? How would he even know for sure that it was Voldemort that killed them? You could assume, right? Because he wanted to, and he was trying to, but you don't know. He didn't leave a body, right? Somehow, we don't know where it went, but if he did, then it would be presumed that he was dead, not just gone. So how does Dumbledore know? What if he was able to recreate the entire event via the same recall magic that we saw Newt Scamander use in the second Fantastic Beast movie, Crimes of Grindelwald. In fact, what if he was the one who taught Newt how to do it in the first place? We hear him say throughout the series that magic leaves traces, and we see through Harry's eyes in Dumbledore's swan song chapter in the cave, Dumbledore wordlessly studying the rocks of the caves, and he works out how to get entrance, he also, you know, tends to, he, he just kind of figures it out and it, you don't see what he's doing. But what if it's the same magic that we saw Newt use? You might say, well, we don't see anything when Dumbledore does this in the cave. 
But what if that's because of the amount of time that's passed? Perhaps, and just perhaps, humor me, if you will, what if there's a time limit to just how vivid the depiction is going to be when you use this form of magic? Newt's at the scene of the departed circus just hours after Credence and Nagini escape and can see a clear picture of Tina leaving the night before. But what if he hadn't gotten there as quick? What if he was a week late, a month late? Would he have seen the same thing? Or maybe would it have been less detailed? At what point would it have gone from a clear vision of what took place to simply a trace of magic that could only be sensed? This theory is exactly that. Because of the years that had passed, Dumbledore couldn't see what actually took place in the cave. Not when Tom Riddle took two children from the orphanage into the darkness and did who knows what to them. There are theories out there. They're pretty jacked up. We're not going to go there. At least, not today. But too much time would have also passed for Dumbledore to see him place the Horcrux, or exactly what protections he put in place in a vivid vision. But the magic is still there, and Dumbledore's still able to get a pretty damn good idea what to do, even if he can't see the vivid imagery. Think about that chapter in the cave. He literally knows exactly what to do. From gaining entrance to the cave, with the blood uh, deposit into the blood bank, to finding the chain that brings the boat, to not touching the water because he knows that Inferi are in it, to drinking the potion from a conjured goblet, he didn't make a single misstep or even apparent guess along that entire way. Maybe that's just the writing and making it a little too convenient for Dumbledore to know all of the answers, or maybe he couldn't see, but he could sense exactly how it all worked through this same spell that would allow him to sense it. What if he'd been there right after the events took place? Maybe he could have actually seen it. He could have seen Voldemort go in, how he took the boat to the little island, how he placed the locket into the basin and then poured the potion in and then got tested it with your creature. Who knows how much he could have seen had he been there actually, I don't know, hour after it had happened? A day after it had happened? Who knows? But if this is true, it makes all the sense in the world that he could have seen the scene at the Potters very, very clearly. If he was essentially alerted that the Fidelia's charm was broken and at least enough time to tell Hagrid to go get Harry out of there, he could have arrived immediately to find the aftermath, could have been mere moments after it took place, as we said earlier, and it would have been even sooner than Newt was able to reach Paris. So the scene would have been fresh enough to use this same kind of recall magic and see exactly what had happened in the room. This would allow him to understand the sacrifice that Lily made and Voldemort's disappearance versus his clear death and a body hitting the floor. This could be why the rumor would have been that Voldemort's magic broke or that he had gone rather than definitively saying he died. Maybe Dumbledore started the rumor. Maybe he started it through Hagrid. Who knows exactly how 
that happened. But we do know that less than 24 hours later, people are already talking about it. And they're talking about Voldemort as if he's gone. Not necessarily that he's dead. This would also allow him the information he would need to know in order to be sure that the ancient love blood magic could be invoked in order to protect Harry. And that would actually work based on seeing exactly how Lily had sacrificed herself for her son. So that's what we're going with. Dumbledore was first on the scene after the Potters were murdered. He saw how everything went down via the instant replay magic that ESPN totally needs. He summoned Hagrid there to take baby Harry and protect him from any possible Death Eater follow-up and told him where and when to drop him off at the Dursleys. He then made the arrangements to invoke the ancient blood magic charm in order to continue Lily's protection of Harry from Voldemort until he turned 17. Then, probably, probably, come on, he definitely started the rumor about Voldemort being the one to have done it and to have gone, but not be dead. And then he made the arrangements, got Hagrid to take Harry to the Dursleys, wrote the letter, put him on the doorstep, and somehow the kid's face never ended up on a milk carton. Yes, we can't reference the leafing on the doorstep without making some snide remark about the fact that you left a baby on a doorstep. Anyway, if you have an opinion on this theory, we would love to hear it. Otherwise, thank you for being a patron for sure, and also for listening to the Belated Binge podcast and hanging out with us over here on Theory Corner. As always, shout out to producer Jack, who we work like a dog. And if you came here from the middle of Sorcerer's Stone Chapter 1, please feel free to jump in and pick back up where you left off. Otherwise, we'll see you next time on Theory Corner from the Belated Binge Podcast.